Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, I will be discussing WWE Raw, Clash of Champions, AEW, and so much more. And by so much more, as much as I can fit in within the hour. See, tonight flipping back and forth between Monday Night Football and WWE Raw. There were tidbits of... Goodness, there were tidbits of you know bullshit. And for those of you who who watch Monday Night Football and have a certain someone on their fantasy team, I don't give a fuck. This is pro wrestling. <clears throat> if you want me to discuss that, I will discuss it on Off the Rails Uncensored. Seeing as how. There's a lot of shit going on in WWE. There's a health scare with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross, whose Twitter has gone completely black. Who knows? We'll figure out the updates. That's all we know so far as the scoop journalist, right? So, let's start off with WWE Raw, then Clash of Champions, then Off the Rails and Censored Books. Let's get it right. Talk about AEW. So, and then I will talk about Impact Wrestling, maybe. So, Asuka put her title on the line against her Clash of Champions. <laughs> okay. Asuka beats Lena Vega. So, tonight you had Asuka versus Lena Vega. Drew McIntyre, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, The Big Show, and Christian opened the show. Mysterio family joined Jerry Lawler and King's Court. Kevin Owens versus Aleister Black. That's not all the matches tonight. What in the world? So I guess I'll look on another result page. Uh, let's see here. So let's scroll up. Come on, Jesus Christ. Sean says, one of the reasons they came out here was collectively thank Drew for beating Orton's ass, blah, blah. Orton and interrupts him on the big screen. Orton hopes Drew is enjoying his moment because it will not last, blah, blah. Promo, promo, promo by Randy Orton. Then uh, Tom hypes Lena Vega versus Oscar in a rematch of Clash of Champions. Okay, so they're continuing the card. So the match starts off tonight, actually, with the Raw Women's Championship match, Lena Vega versus Oscar. Oscar won again. Thank the Lord. Andrade versus Keith Lee. NXT alone versus NXT alone. 
So Andrade ends up losing the match. Wow. Okay, cool. As you see, a promo for NXT TakeOver 31, which will be next week. Actually, you know, it's coming Sunday, folks. It's coming up soon. Akira Tozawa. Or, oh, yes, the 24-7 championship. Jerry Lawler then is in the ring for King's Court. He mentioned how Seth Rollins tried to, let's see here, Dominic Mysterio not be the real son of Ray Mysterio. Wow, okay. I will get to that later in a reference on Off the Rails Uncensored. Because for those of us who are like diehard wrestling fans, remember Eddie and Ray, that whole story with Dominic back in the day. This is kind of funny that he's now involved in it. Anyways, I'll get to that later. So the Dominic says this has gone too far, too long. Rollins is barely older than me, dude. I mean, Dominic's got to be like, what, 21, 22? It's just very, very weird. Lawler brings up how Aaliyah got upset with her dad last week and how she was approached by Murphy. Then Lawler asks Aaliyah how she's feeling. Let's see here. Okay. Says one of them isn't being 100% honest with the family. He says the truth is that Aaliyah might not be telling the truth in regards to how she feels about Murphy. Okay. Then back in the ring, you see Lana and Natalia talking about the WWE Championship. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are not medically cleared to compete, but will have to defend against the Riot Squad when they can. I don't know. See, folks, adding intrigue is not a bad thing. But anyways, I will move on. Dominic Mysterio versus Murphy. Natalia, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yawn, yawn, as Baszler and Jax are not stripped of the titles. Okay, go figure. This is a good story build in the women's division. Natalia and Lana versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Uh, I know that Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke won the match, so let's see how they saw a pump knee strike for a pin to win. They get the victory. I just said that. All right. Aleister Black. Had a big old promo on the Titantron said maybe you should talk to your son about the betrayal and this, that, the other. I like these two fighting one another because I think it's a good entry type of feud. But Kevin Owens ultimately won because uh, Aleister Black's negligence, blah, blah, blah. There was a triple threat for the 24-7 championship. Now, our truth wow, to win a championship 41 times? Can you say wow, but also uh, that type of feeling for that type of title? I'll get to it later again, like I said. So, our truth wins Dominic Mysterio versus Murphy. Every week, this kid gets crisper and crisper, dude. You can tell wrestling is in his blood. Whoever wrote this fucking review, get to the goddamn point. I'm not trying to be mean, but Jesus Christ, dude. Aaliyah Mysterio comes running down to the ring, and she begs her brother to put the weapon down. And then Murphy rolled him up in a handful of tights, so Murphy won the match. The Hurt Business. 
Okay. Um, so the Hurt Business versus Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, and Apollo Crews. I know it's got to be. <laughs> Well, something about James Storm and how he almost returned. I will, you know. So, that one didn't give me full results. Let me see if this one does. Then, come on, dude. Oh, for those of you wanting to message us on Instagram, it's wrestle underscore radio. Wrestle radio network forward slash Facebook dot com. I know this. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Drew Kulak wins the 24-7 championship. R-Truth wins the 24-7 championship. Okay. And we got to the matches there, dude. I just need the last. Okay, so Kevin Owens won by disqualification. Akira Tozawa, a triple threat match. Okay. Buddy Murphy versus Dominic Mysterio. It can't be the last match. Dominic attacks Buddy with the kendo stick and Rhea begs him to stop it. He says he's protecting their legacy and Dad was right. She is naive. Okay, Aaliyah slaps him across the face and storms off. Wow. There must be something going on between Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy with the story. Go figure. So, commercial. Ziggler is telling, you know, five-time NWA World Heavy Champion Adam Pearce that he was the perfect man for Drew McIntyre's open challenge. Adam confirms that he doesn't need himself, and they go back to his office to discuss it more. The Hurt Business, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Apollo Crews. I know that Apollo Crews, Mustafa Ali, and Ricochet won the match by a pinfall of 450. Splash! Armand Hills on... Why'd you just say MVP for fuck's sakes, dude? So, Retribution did another promo. McIntyre makes his entrance for Open Challenge. We go to break. Ziggler made his entrance. So, McIntyre versus Robert Roode for the... Wow, Robert Roode. Drew McIntyre beat Roode with a Claymore. Mm-hmm. Post match, okay. So we're pushing a cart full of cleaning supplies. Why would you? Okay, so it's Randy Orton pretending to be a janitor and then puts on a pair of goggles, right? Lights come back up and legends are all unconscious on the floor. Orton leaves and grabs his cart and road agents swarm him. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so the show had very limited promos, cool. So less talking, more action. But folks, you know me. There's always an incentive for me to find the good, bad, ugly, and what's been going right in pro wrestling. Because it can't always be negative at the very get-go. I have to review Next on the list, folks, is Clash of Champions. And in doing so, we're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification right here on Wrestle Radio Network. 
Let's see if I can find a good piece of music. Okay, no, no, no. This one. some of it on the network I just I had to watch some football in between that you know some Sunday night football keeps it entertaining by the way good luck Yanks come on against the Cleveland Indians it's going to be a tough one so I had to throw sports out into the mix during the wrestling podcast because you know considered sports anyways WWE Clash of Champions. Let's see. Would it be brought to you by Stridex? I don't even... I know. I just watched uh, some of the network today. See, I love how this headline starts off with Roman Reigns. It says, Clash of Champion results, recap grades, Roman Reigns, Ruthless Lee, Tears his family apart. I don't, you know, that was a, a vicious beating. It was a good story art, and it was a good feud piece, right? SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus the Lucha House Party. Well, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro won via pinfall. It was, you know, definitely a good match with the entry. But um, let's see here. Nakamura hit the running knee. Kim Shasta. Come on, man. Intercontinental Championship, Jeff Hardy versus Sam. This, this match. You want intrigue? Holy hell, dude. Sami Zayn, God love you. You did an excellent job in this match. The psychology was awesome, and I hope you gave it an A. Please tell me that you. Yes! I agree for once with CBS Sports on this review. Do you know why? Imagine having an ear gauge and then having a handcuff go through it and hook to a ladder. And also, AJ Styles was hooked to Sami Zayn up until Zayn uncuffed AJ Styles and somehow walked up the ladder and became the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. The only complaint is they need to change the color of the belt. Other than that, great match. Sami Zayn, you genius, you. Amazing. 24-7 championship. Oh, jeez. Okay, R-Truth. Won by a pinfall. So, Gulak beat R-Truth. R-Truth beat Gulak. Mm-hmm. Raw Women's Championship. We talk about deja vu, but on the night before, no, no, no. You want to talk about learning from their mistakes? Thank you. 
thank you to try and rekindle Oscar's uh, fire in WWE. You know, as far as a competitor, even if it was against Selena Vega, it's still you know a victory, and she won. Oscar did. United States Championship: Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz. Bobby Lashley won that match. Raw Tag Team Championships, the Street Profits versus Andrade, Yanamas, and Angel Garza. So, Angelo Dawkins started off the match with a big old drop kick, and Montez Ford followed up with a flip over of the real drop kick. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. The Street Profits beat Andrade and Garza. It was all right, but I agree with the grade. I give that match a C plus because it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it was okay for what it was, and it was basic. You know, depending on what you all want to call basic, SmackDown Women's Championship was supposed to be Bailey versus Nikki Cross, but like I said earlier, Nikki Cross's Twitter account went black. Um, she's not been on social media as of the moment, uh, which is kind of odd for Nikki since she's so active on Twitter and Instagram. So no one knows what's really going on with this. I have no idea. It may have something to do with COVID. I'm not sure. So Sasha interfered. And this time she hit Bailey with a chair. Okay, cool, whatever. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything special, but you know what? It sent a message. It's, hey, I'm coming for you, and I'm back after what you did to me. So, yeah, this would be fucking interesting. Uh, McIntyre versus Randy Orton in an ambulance match. Now, for those of you who swear by the word of Mr. Meltzer, and various other leakage, you know, that comes from the internet. I'm thanking the lucky stars that you all were wrong. And some may say, oh, well, Orton should have won because he'll eventually win. You see, eventually, maybe, woulda, coulda, shoulda. The point is, finally, finally, something different. And do you know why that's a good thing? Because if they would have went by the result page... That Meltzer gave away like he did for WrestleMania 34, and some may say it was a decision not made by Meltzer. Well, look, dude, when you give the results away, the opposite, you know, of what you thought was going to happen, likely in wrestling, sometimes it's just to piss off all the people that read the dirt sheets. I don't. I just hear about it from... My roommate, which is annoying as fuck. They do it to annoy the piss out of me because they know I got a wrestling podcast. Also, folks, the legends that were involved in this match, big show. Let's see here. Christian, Shawn Michaels. And last but not least, Ric Flair driving the ambulance. I mean, this match was very good in the way that it told a story. It was much better than the main event, in my opinion. Main event with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. So, 
Roman is sending a message. And he doesn't need to add emphasis like, oh, you're going to quit if I fight you. I'll beat your ass, and this is what the result is. So do you want the same re- I actually didn't mind the match. I wonder what grade CBS gave it, but an A minus. This is the Roman Reigns that fans have been waiting for. You know, screw the Roman uh, Roman Reigns before pandemic, right? Now we give you the Roman Reigns that you have always wanted. Badass that's basically kicking ass, making a name again, but in a different way, right? I'm going to fair warn you right now. This is the point in the show where the following language does contain expletives and is not appropriate for minors under the age of 18. Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast that was created on March 16, 2016. It's been running four years, folks, and for those of you trying to reproduce any likeness thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored, we'll be fined $45. So, hmm. not to overkill this song, but for some odd reason we were having... Anyways, you get the gist. <coughs> Don't worry, it's just seasonal allergies, folks. Hey, my music. Wrestling now, you know, wrestling with a crowd, the improvements and whatnot that we have all noticed as fans. We're the biggest fucking critics that you can ever think of. And here's why. We saw Clash of Champions. We saw what it produced. We saw WWE Raw. I mean, if, if uh, certain people are giving grades to WWE right now, I mean, it's right at a B, not quite an A. Somebody says, well, I like it. You know, the material's good enough. It's simple enough for fans to get. See, wrestling with a crowd, we at times got what we wanted as fans, and then at times we didn't. It's kind of like a 50-50. You know, if someone... As in, who's guessing, who's in control, but we don't know, I don't, you don't know, I don't know, who's making the goddamn decisions as far as, okay, we'll let this, you know, situation play out and we'll see where it goes. Sometimes WWE would have the bad habit of letting a situation play out way far too long with a story like Lana, Rusev, and Lashley. Well, it was our highest rated segment. 
I wonder why, because it was including all kinds of stories that made no fucking sense. Not just... Of course, you know, it had real-life relationships that turned into a story, and if this were 1999, sure, this may have fit in. I don't even know where you would fit this story, that story. But, for example, back in January and February, things were... Like really getting close knit because AEW to this day will forever be known as the company that came along in just a year, a year and a half. And you know why they're winning the ratings war? Could be because their matches are what fans are looking for and it doesn't matter who even though they they have got I give them credit they have gotten better at creating a story between you know the inner circle and Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, whatever group they call them but yeah, you know, in a sense they're winning this war because fans got tired of stuff that felt non-organic, you know, and didn't have a flow to it. But now, WWE's got on their horse again, and they're trying to put shit together in order for stuff to flow for the fans to be like, okay, cool. You know, even though they didn't have a women's tag team championship match last night at Clash of Champions, is that real reason to start? Oh, I don't like WWE anymore. Oh, my gosh. Whatever shall we do because one match was not on the card. Thank God, you know, they started getting the hint that fans did not want to see the bullshit that was so predictable, including, I'm talking about Randy Orton winning a championship because the stipulation was an ambulance match. Or... Or best yet, you know, guys like Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro would automatically lose a tag team championship if there were a crowd. And this is just the feel of it, folks, because there have been times when I've watched WWE on the network and I've said to myself, well, the card wasn't totally bad, but it wasn't totally good either. Clash of Champions was okay, it wasn't terrible, and at least, folks, there wasn't an overlying amount of promos in between matches, because let me tell you, there's a fine line between too much talking and less action, which happens most of the time on Raw sometimes. Actually, that didn't make sense. It happens some of the time. When there'd be near pay-per-view, like, oh, gee, Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. And I realized, you know, that's a big payday right there. That's a lot of money being made up. That puts money in WWE's company pockets and the wrestlers and people like the Bob Merchandise and whatnot. Before March, when all this shit went down, they had to go to the Performance Center and do shows. I've noticed some improvements and here's why 
Well, MVP came along, and I know Granny Holkster is not a huge fan of his, but he did legitimize Lashley. He helped, you know, create you know serious feeling for Cedric Alexander and whatnot. I feel that it's important that people realize, like, okay, in wrestling, it's extremely difficult to entertain an audience now because we've got phones, we've got I was going to mention his name. Nice dude. I came across him at WrestleCon, Meltzer, Dave Meltzer. I understand that it's his job to get the scoop and be like the scoop reporter saying, this is going to happen at this pay-per-view event, and what culture swears by him, I get it. I ain't a fan. And I know that people are going to say, why not? If you read him, I'm like, dude, why? Why would I read what I can see? I'd rather, like, being able to get a taste, a little bit of taste, you know, of what the other side of the curtain is and still learning what it's about because I don't want to sit there and be like, I knew they were going to do this. No, I hate that feeling, especially when you're sitting watching shows like WWE Raw. When you come across a pay-per-view like Clash of Champions, again, it wasn't the greatest in some areas, but that's going to happen when you've got a limited amount of superstars that you can fucking work with and actually put them on the card and actually have a decent show. So, yeah, I didn't mind the show. And for the first time, guys, pay-per-views for WWE are actually making me go, wow, where in the fuck was this? When you guys had a crowd, that's the only thing that makes me upset is if you guys would have just listened. Better late than never because, you know, now it's taking forever to get the merchandise out because they took away the mail scanners. And now, you know, that's a different topic for a different type of podcast which we do not discuss on here because we discuss anything and everything professional wrestling is the tagline and has been for the last who we very long very very long time for this show so I noticed also going around the internet that RVD and the female that he accompanies on Impact Wrestling they left so I don't know if that opens a door for any wrestling company to take notice that RVDs come back. But if he goes back to WWE or if he goes to AEW, then that'll bring my point home of, boy, you know, it's beginning to look a lot like ECW, WCW, WWE attitude there. TNA, when it first started, now I segued, I guess, inadvertently into AEW. There are variated, there are various opinions of what AEW is doing, and you know what? I have been back and forth with them. You know, I've been very bipolar with both WWE and AEW. Then I forget, man. There's stuff from New Japan. That has caught my attention. The Regal Twins, how you doing? 
There's various other talents on New Japan that I have not listed, but I will get to that later on another show. Thing is how wrestling doesn't have an audience, and I've said this multiple times. If there's a show without an audience, you know how hard it is to do certain shit as a wrestler? Your comebacks, heat with the heels, your motivation to get back in the match. Just a lot of shit. Also, I've mentioned this in the previous show as well. Where in the hell was all this nice stuff that not just... Main roster versus NXT, my thought and feel, you know, maybe Tom Phillips needs to pull triple duty. I don't know. Without Mauro Ranello, very difficult, although he does talk over a lot of people because of excitement, you know, in his voice. He did it so well for a very long period of time. And the audience that watches NXT got acclimated tomorrow in his voice. So I don't know if he's going to ever come back, but boy, you know, it's difficult watching NXT with just Beth Phoenix. I don't know if Tom Phillips is there or not. I don't know if Corey Graves came and guest appeared. But I do know that uh, they tried Wade Barrett. I haven't heard from him quite a bit. I don't know what's going on. But part of the reason you watch wrestling is because if you were blind and you tuned into the show and you wanted to get a visualization of what was going on in the ring, Mar Ranello alongside Nigel McGinnis and Beth Phoenix were great. You know, that trio was great. And I cannot adjust to guess Byron Saxon, Corey Graves, who used to announce for NXT to begin with. What NXT is doing, you know, with out a semblance of a crowd and with, you know, just the trainees and up-and-comers. I still love NXT to an extent. No, I I want to rephrase that. I love NXT because it's you can tell that it's still fresh. The material is getting, has gotten better. It's not gotten as still. With Adam Cole constantly winning a championship or just basically retaining it for a year and a half. I want to say the following. To the main roster, what took so long? Ponder as a fan, what really needed to happen, we would constantly discuss with one another, and this is just regarding WWE. I think most of the people that actually sat down and stayed with WWE through thick and thin wondered, okay, some of us, you know, just watched it for the enjoyment. And we wondered when, where, how, what would it take to give the fans exactly what they had been looking for. And that doesn't mean just one person victorious or one person turning heel. Would there actually be a story 
And would there actually be feuds for us to follow? In other words, would we get some action instead of just words? Because it's hilarious. We're going to give the fans exactly what they want. Hmm. The jury's still out on that one in some regards when it refers to back then. Didn't have any problems or issues, you know, with the attitude era. Uh, Ruthless aggression era, yeah, that's definitely two different. So it's definitely a different era, comparatively speaking, to nowadays wrestling where there's a lot of aerial maneuvers, like, gee, I don't know, salts, drop kicks, 450 splashes, 630 splashes. It's high pace. There's no rest in between, except for if you have a rest hole during a commercial break, right? Dude, I'm just saying, if you watch professional wrestling growing, if you watched professional wrestling growing up, we had a lot of people to choose from. You want me to name? Okay. Hogan, Piper, Sting, Flair, Savage, Sergeant Slaughter. You didn't say what's your... Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts, The Rock and Roll Express. I'd give you in but Captain Lou Albano. I wasn't even alive to see him. But I will tell you, the selection got even, you know, I guess more to cheat, like, we had more to choose from also because there were territories. There's NWA, USWA, Smoky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Then you had WWE, ECW, WCW, WWC. The thing that I, the point that I'm trying to make is, or trying to drive home is, where was this stuff when we were actually sitting? Well, I figured, you know, I would continue, and I'm going to keep continuing. It's saying that in itself, when Drew McIntyre has always been, you know, has always been sold short, right? They put him in the main event. That's not selling the guy short. But what I mean by that is people who around the room know, well, he's going to lose the match because of the stipulation. Meltzer's not the only one that said it. I thought, well, you know, WWE might go on the predictable route. And there might be a fucking problem because then fans will be like, wow, you really did go the predictable route. And they didn't. So the positives out of this whole thing is that WWE now to keep viewership, no, it's to keep people involved, maintain. Keeps your stuff afloat, if you will. AEW, do they have that problem? Look, dude, if you have any questions, Russell underscore radio, to answer that question, 
AEW, you got to give credit where credit is due. And one of the biggest things that will absolutely irritate some people is that I'm one of those. I see what they're doing, and I, I say to myself, well, you know, they're letting loose their shit organic. They can say what they want to say. WWE is slowly but surely joining the fucking party. And back to the whole McIntyre thing. Who would have thought that years ago McIntyre would come back and just start from the ground up, go through NXT, and just absolutely blow blow people's minds and go, wow, what a class act McIntyre is. And his match with Orton on Sunday at Clash of Champions, thank you, because I, in my heart of all hearts, did not want to see the predictability come out and only to hear people say, see, I told you so. The other, you know, shock uh, Michael Cole did acknowledge, I don't agree with Sami Zayn much. There's a lot of opinions on what Michael Cole does or does not do. And as far as, you know, holding back some of the talent, that's a lot of people that have been involved with doing so. And WWE, thankfully, has learned not to do stupid shit for the time being. I don't want to eat my words and then come see the next pay-per-view and be like, wow, this is a really shit into the stick. I don't want to mean, but why did you guys do this type thing? I'm not I'm not doing that as much and I'm not I'm just kinda of surprised because some of the stuff and the results, you know, when you watch professional wrestling, you're like, oh man, geez. It's been that feeling for a while now watching this. Like I couldn't watch it for the longest time for WWE Raw and my friend said the last time that she tuned in to the SmackDown Live was when Baron Corbin forced Roman Reigns to digest dog food, which was fucking gross. But, I mean, it did one thing that wrestling's supposed to do, and that's create entry. If it didn't do what it's supposed to be doing, then you'd be hearing me say, Jesus Christ, get your shit together. There have been moments WWE has had that made me question my fandom. So is that all you watch? So no. I watch other stuff. I guarantee you. Like I said, Clash of Champions wasn't all that bad. Even though, like I said, the women's match is not the entire bread and butter of this fucking car. Okay, or was the bread and butter of that card. With that being said, folks, since I have a very limited amount of time left, I'm not going to pack up shop just yet because I got a lot to get off my chest in the sense of, like, you know, you guys, you guys as in WWE as a company. Some may not understand the process 
and I don't even understand the process of how things work in professional wrestling. You buy the T-shirts, right? You hear the crowd reaction from, you know, the fill-in crowd from the Thunderdome. It's like, how is one supposed to react to a bunch of, you know, fans in a virtual LED screen, and they get their spot for, like, an hour or so? I don't know how long this works, like a half hour it's difficult because I want to go to shows again, but, you know, what can you do? It's definitely changed my mindset, others' mindsets when they watch professional wrestling because I know, you know, someone's got a secret. I hope that all is well with Nikki Cross. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that things will work out for the best, but right now it's all under, you know, review because No one knows with this whole COVID-19 stuff going on. No one knows with what the protocol is. If, uh, in quarantine, obviously, you go to the hospital, obviously, if you're having the symptoms that are past asymptomatic. So hopefully all is well with Nikki Cross. It was a disappointment that she didn't go one-on-one with Bailey. Who knows if she was supposed to win, but I just said prayers be with her and her family. And that's that. There's a lot. I mean, yes, there's a lot of stuff to report in professional wrestling. And with that being said, I would like to point out the fact that since March of 2020, the viewership, you know, has remained the same with WWE, but it's gotten... It's gotten better. The product is, it has improved. Do you know why? I've said this before. When you back Vince into a corner, he comes out with claws scratching, and he's going to fight you for every inch. And AEW knows this because there's a lot of people that used to be employed under, and they like to put it, VKM. So... My, I'm just going to let loose. There have been times when I've watched WWE and I go, okay, cool, maybe I can keep my attention on it. Then there are times when I watch and I'm like, okay, so what were you trying to do here? You just can't enjoy the fan. When you've been involved with wrestling, there's some shit you know is going to go down but you don't know everything. And I like that feeling. I like the feeling where I'm vulnerable and I don't, I can't, okay, yeah, this is going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. I want to be surprised and I want to be able to be like, okay, yeah, this is what happened on your show and I want to be able to follow it and be like, okay, cool. Before Clash of Champions, before Royal Rumble 2020. WWE was very hit and miss 
and they were not very good at keeping fans because of certain things that they had done. You want specifics? Lesnar holding on to the championship for as long as he did and only showing up when he wanted to because of anxiety. Some may say, well, you had to have him be that ultimate heel, that ultimate prick that people did not, were not fond of, and I'm just going to put this out here. It wasn't just Lesnar. It was the whole Goldberg versus Undertaker bullshit. I get it. It would have worked 30 years ago. It would have worked 20 years ago. But now, no, no. Then you've got the Hurt Business. Why, I mean, like they told you earlier, MVP seems to be legitimizing certain people who are not doing shit uh, story-wise. I'm talking about Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. So what this boils down to is I wonder why it took so long. And that's a big question. It's like, why did you wait? with no audience to be giving us what we want so that when we come back, you can screw us over again and, and be like, okay, well, sorry. I'm sorry you fell for the bear trap once the metaphorical bear trap again. It begs the fucking question. Like, I appreciate all the shit you're doing right now to keep us entertained and to keep my mind off of certain things. But I'm, I still have that lingering, lingering questions like, why did you wait so fucking long to start giving the fans what we've been asking for one, two years with Roman uh, to include a different format? Thank you guys for some of the things, but also there's a big question mark regarding, you know, like, okay, why did it take so long for Oscar's career to be somewhat revived with victories? You know, even if they are over Zelina Vega, some people may say, well, you know, that's just the, the nature of the business. Well, my question to people who think that way is, <clears throat> of course, I cough on my phone when I do this. Um, my question to you who say, just go with the flow. Because, you know, it's better that way. You just go with the flow. It's hard. It's, it's still hard because that's where – New Orleans is where streaks go to die. Undertaker, WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 34, four years later, Asuka loses to Charlotte Flair. And that ultimately did not help Asuka's career because – you know, she ended up getting, you know, beaten by Carmella. And after that, you know, her career really didn't start flourishing, you know, after the fact that she won the tag team championship with a good colleague, you know, Kyrie Sane. But it's like, dude, Oscar's career. Um, not that I really cared for Riot Squad, but I really liked the way that Liv Morgan was before that. She's over-dramatized just a little bit character-wise, and I think that the only thing that I have questions on is, like, why didn't you expand the women's division? Well, we didn't have 
we had options and now we don't. Again, it makes me wonder why it took this long, you know, start pushing every single chess piece or checkers piece across the board and getting stuff done creatively and creative wise because it's like if we're going to sit here and play tiddlywinks and AEW is just going to laugh their ass off and be like, okay, we can continue to take subtle jabs, not all the time, but some of the time on live air and fucking have matches that actually push the envelope and make fans go, wow, these, you know, AEW is taking risks. WWE sometimes really, you know, NXT... They've had matches that were special matches, but at special events like NXT's In Your House Takeover, wasn't bad. You know, Velveteen gave it a go against Adam Cole. And, yeah, there was a street fight, which, hmm, I think it was Candice LeRae versus Mia Young, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. Or wait, yeah, it was. Also, you know, retribution. I don't mind the group. It's just T-Bar, Flapjack. It sounds like a breakfast at Denny's, if you ask me, gone wrong. But five members to be all right. See what else I can pick up. I know CM Punk's been rumored to be coming back here, but he never comes back. Then he likes what Dominic Mysterio is doing. Speaking of CM Punk, I would hope and pray that he gets involved in some way, shape, or form because honestly, guys, the WWE needs an outside opinion on what they need to start fixing. Not as much, but, you know, little stuff. Like, I don't believe that the Street Profits could actually beat, you know, the Viking Raiders. And a legitimate fight, because honestly, the Street, not Street Profits, but, um, Eric and Ibar, look at the size. Look at the size compared to the Street Profits. Also, quit playing around with Angel Garza and Andrade Cien Almas. And Cien Almas is, an ama- is still an amazing competitor. Angel Garza, for that matter, too. But what I'm going to tell you is they need to split. I know that we don't have many options for tag teams as far as tag teams go, but. You know the verbiage today. You're going to learn. You don't know why things are the way they are right now. Why am I talking like this, man? That's a bit of favor to catch my drift. Things have changed. Could be better, but you know what? 
I gotta ask this question. Hey, why did it take so long? Happy? But also questions. You know me. I'm a cynicist. I'm a cynicist. So, in the show, I say the following. In order for you to keep fans, tweak some things here and there, get rid of the whole Seth Rollins might be the father of Dominic shit. Also, the women's division looks like, you know, what are we playing? Fluffball here? Mandy Rose and, and Dana Brooks? Like, let's keep them in a plastic prison bubble thing, above, you know, creatively speaking, and we're going to just they're probably like, I don't know, you always fall down, but you manage to get back up. Words of encouragement, vomit, puke. Anyways, toodles, bitches, I got to go to bed. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words. Please. Forget about it. Enjoy, folks. Enjoy your night. I know I gotta salvage mine. Salvage is the right, right word. Yes, it is, Benny. Shut up, you asshole. <laughs> Toodles, bitches, for real. Gotta go to bed. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. <laughs>